Ooh, baby, lots to talk about today. We're breaking down the Purdue Boilermakers. Is this another trap game or can the Gophers get right? We're going to talk about it in detail as long with the three keys to victory and then talk about the women's basketball home opener at Locked On Golden Gophers. Hey, you no are Locked On Golden Gophers. No matter what we're going to do here, we're just going to keep rowing. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota uh, Golden out, Gophers. Whatever turns out, we're just going to keep rowing. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're just going to keep rowing, keep rowing, and keep rowing. What's up, y'all? You are listening to Lockdown Golden Gophers, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Kane Robb, host of the podcast, former collegiate football video coordinator and recruiting assistant here to talk Golden Gophers with you each and every day of the week, Monday through Friday. And today we are here to get back on track with football. We're breaking down the Purdue matchup, all the details you need to know about the Boilermakers, as well as the three keys to victory. And then we're going to talk about that home opener for the women's basketball team and what to expect and be on the lookout for so be sure to hit subscribe over on youtube so you don't miss any gophers content on the daily along with follow along wherever you get the podcast at lockdown golden gophers and be sure to leave a five-star review so others can find the podcast and we can can continue to build up our community here with the gophers nation i mean we're one of the only, if not the only, podcast doing daily content on the Minnesota Golden Gophers. So be sure to hit subscribe and tell others about the show so we can continue to build this thing up. Now, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. Now let's break down the Purdue Boilermakers like we do each and every week. We get into the nitty gritty, the dirty details of the team. Now Purdue is a team that has been struggling not only in the West, but also in the country. Purdue is currently 2-7 and and on a four-game losing streak, but after fumbling the bag last week, Versus Illinois, nothing feels safe for the Minnesota Golden Gophers. This game is on the road, so you know you're going to get a hostile environment regardless. Now, Illinois is actually one of the two teams that Purdue has already beaten this season, which just pains me even more in my soul, just knowing that was a game we should not have lost, but you got to move on. We got to move on, and we got to get right versus Purdue. Now, Purdue has one conference win in six tries so far this season, and that one win was versus Illinois, like we said, whom had been sputtering prior to last week. Let's hope Minnesota isn't the get-right game for yet another bad team in the Big Ten, but right now they are 2-2 two and two on that front, having lost to Northwestern and Illinois, so let's not make it 3-of-3 three three versus Purdue. This point last year, Ryan Walters was the defensive coordinator for Illinois, now he is the head coach at Purdue, and at this point last year, Ryan Walters' defense gave Minnesota absolute problems, all the troubles, in multiple turnovers, in a game that felt close or that was close score-wise for a while, but didn't feel close the entirety of the game. But hopefully, with Purdue still trying to get that gel going and get the right players in the right places and really get the most of their players. 
Let's hope Minnesota can find another win and officially qualify for a bowl game. So when we break down the Purdue roster, you look at the quarterback position, you start off with Hudson Card. Now, he was touted as a top five quarterback in the conference all offseason. Uh, Big Ten Network was singing his praises. People were talking about he was one of the best transfer quarterbacks to move this offseason. And although he's definitely had some moments of flash, I think he has largely underwhelmed on the season for a key chance transfer with a ton of experience from Texas coming here. And he has known, he was known for taking care of the ball. I believe he had like two or three interceptions in the two years that he had gotten playing time with Texas. And right now, currently in the season, he already has eight interceptions. Yeah. Eight interceptions in nine games and nine passing touchdowns. So one above. And people here at the Gophers fan base, we've a lot of people have complained. I'm not even going to say we because I definitely have not complained about Ethan Kalik Manis. But people have complained about Ethan Kalik Manis and talked about, oh, he's not ready. He's not this. He's not that. But the thing is, as the season goes on, as the Gophers pass more, as they let him find his groove, he's been constantly moving up in the rankings and statistics within the conference. And he is ahead of Hudson Card, who is touted as a top five quarterback coming into the season. So I would say that overall, Hudson Card has largely disappointed for Purdue, and he's only passed for 57.8% completion, but he has 1,861 yards on the season, so he'll likely crack 2,000 yards passing this season. Hopefully, it's not this week against the Gophers, and we can limit that passing. That being said, the Gophers have shown holes time and time again this season. So Card is going to be looking to capitalize on those errors. Three straight games of poor performances for Card. He's going to look to get right versus the Gophers. So he's a guy to definitely be on the lookout for because he's a one who can move. He can get outside of the pocket, but he always has his eyes downfield. And that's where the holes tend to present themselves for the Gophers if these quarterbacks can extend the play. So overall, I think this is going to be a tough one for the Gophers because we tend to struggle when it comes to uh, extending the plays and this offensive line hasn't been too bad. We'll get to that in just a second, but let's talk about the running backs for Purdue. They've got two main running backs, Tyrone Tracy, a transfer from Iowa a couple years ago that he was a wide receiver. And now he's kind of converted into a running back. And then you've got Devin Mockaby who absolutely gashed the Gophers on the ground last season. Now, both of those two combined have been a somewhat bright spot for this struggling offense. Their skill sets are more complementary of each other, with Maccabi being more of that bruiser back, and then Tracy being more of that shifty, change of pace, creative type running back. So the two of them have combined for nine touchdowns and 940 yards on the season so far. That said, Maccabee has really struggled with fumbles. He has fumbled the ball seven times on the season, and Minnesota will look to capitalize on that, especially after Maccabee was the large reason that Purdue took us down last year and won the West. That one game would have been the difference between the Gophers going to Indianapolis, but we don't want to hear that. We hear that each and every year, so we're going to move on to the wide receivers. Now, Purdue has had some decent production through the air with three wide receivers of main focus. Now, the two that were heavily involved, but not their top, top guy, 
is Abdur Rahman Yassin. He's a junior. He has seen 329 yards so far on the year with zero touchdowns. And then senior wide receiver TJ Sheffield, who has had 336 yards and a touchdown. Both of them have seen a lot of passing uh, or receiving yardage over the season, but not a whole lot of scoring. They've been constant. They've been consistent for this team. But the player that is extremely explosive, the most dangerous weapon on the field, Coach Fleck called him in the presser this week and said he reminds him a lot of Isaiah Williams, who just gashes for 131 yards and two touchdowns, including the game winner. He said that Deion Burks reminds him a lot of Isaiah Williams, just with the explosiveness and the speed. And so he tends to fit that trend of wide receivers that have absolutely lit up our defense so far in our losses. He is a sophomore receiver, 469 yards and six touchdowns so far in the season. And he is set up to be a dynamo in the Big Ten for the next year or two. So the Gophers are going to have to find a way to slow him down in this game. Then you kick it over to the tight ends, two tight ends with some, some involvement, one being Max Clare, a freshman, and the other being Garrett Miller, a senior. Now, that's a, a huge contrast, but it also is good for the development of the program. Clare has 196 yards as a freshman. Miller has 155 yards and a touchdown. The two have combined for 41 receptions on the season. They're players that maybe haven't popped off the page or done crazy numbers, but they stay consistent and they get production going for you. And Claire could absolutely be a guy of the future for that program and a big all Big Ten tight end in future years. So Claire is a guy to definitely focus in on uh, or at least know where he is on the field and have awareness of him. Now, when you get to the offensive line, this is easily the best offensive line that Minnesota has faced in the last three matchups by far. It might be maybe like the third best offensive line Minnesota has seen this season. Now, that's not saying, oh, they're amazing. They're great. They're wonderful. That just tells you Minnesota has played some fairly poor offensive lines the last few weeks. Now, uh, overall, Michigan blows this offensive line out of the water. I think UNC has a better offensive line. But outside of that, I think Purdue holds its own. It's fairly consistent across the board, and it is slightly above average. For PFF grades, aside from Musa, the left tackle. Otherwise, you've got Hartwig, Nichols, and Mbo, who are all really good in the past blocking grading within PFF. And then you've got Grant as well, who pairs with them. Across the board, they're sitting at about 70s uh, PFF grades, which is pretty good, if not, uh, and then a couple low, mid-high 60s, which is above average. So the offensive line is definitely... It holds strong. I'll say that. So this defensive line is going to have a little bit more of a test to get pressures. Last week, we got five total sacks against uh, Illinois. The week prior, we had multiple sacks against Michigan State, and we've seen some sacks against Iowa as well. So hopefully they can keep that streak going, but this is going to be more of a challenge. You flip it to defense, which is Ryan Walters' bread and butter, and you're looking at a defense that entered the year with a ton of portal prospects, and they're trying to fit this new coach's system. That said, they've struggled on multiple occasions and are trying to keep up in the Big Ten in year one. In most statistical categories, this Purdue team has been below average, but then they've been one of the best when it comes to sack per game. So 89th in pass defense, 71st in rush defense, 79th in total defense, 104th in scoring defense. 
looks a lot like that Illinois team that we just got done playing, which the Gophers could move the ball up and down on. That being said, they're 42nd in turnovers gained, so they don't create a ton of turnovers, but they're 15th in the nation when it comes to sacks average per game. So the three main worries on defense are defensive lineman Nick Scorton, who has 41 tackles and seven sacks, and then Kaijin Jenkins, who has 40 tackles and seven sacks. Both of those two are edge rushers for this Purdue team, and they get it done. And then in the middle in the interior, you've got Mo Aminode, who is a Good, solid interior player. All three of those players are graded on PFF as a 75 or better, which is great. It's really good. Uh, 80s, you're talking expert type play. 70s, really good play on the season. So they have three really good defensive linemen that the Gophers are going to have to be aware of, and they're going to give this O-line all it can handle. But then in the secondary, you've got Dylan Thieneman, highest graded player on the team on defense, 82.4. He has 79 tackles on the season and three interceptions. And then you've got Sinosi Kane, 64 tackles, one sack, and five pass breakups. So that's five key defenders on the team who can get it done. But you have to get the ball out quick. You have to allow your quarterback some time. And if you do, then you can start to pick apart this Purdue defense. So hopefully facing a defense like this that has been struggling and frustrated could help Minnesota's offense continue to build here like we've seen over the last three weeks. Ethan is going to face pressure and have short windows again like he did in the second half versus Illinois. But I look forward to seeing how he can adjust and how he can comes back stronger from what he learned in that Illinois matchup. And hopefully it's enough for the Gophers to get the dub. Now, I think Ethan has been improving more and more on the field, and he has been climbing in the Big Ten categories as well. He's currently sixth in touchdowns, seventh in yards, and he's climbing in QBR too within the conference. So keep giving this kid patience because we've seen the flashes, and as more comes together, you're getting a quarterback that can give you some upside in the Big Ten. So hopefully we'll continue to see that in these final three games. But Minnesota has to get back on track. The disappointment of likely dropping the West again already cuts deep. But for players, fans, coaches, everyone could use a win right now. So hopefully Minnesota will come in on fire on the road against Purdue. But we're going to talk about what they're going to need to do, the three keys to victory. And one of them is absolutely pertinent, but it might not be something you were thinking of. We're going to dive into that coming up next. First, I want to talk to you about our friends over at Prize Picks. Because if you like daily fantasy sports, then you're absolutely going to love prize picks. It's the place to be. And prize picks is the most fun I've had winning up to 25 times my money this football season. And now I can play during the basketball season as well. You just select two or more players and pick more or less on their projected stats and place your entry. It's simple. It's pressing over and under on simple stats. Projections. Take the Celtics and Timberwolves game. I know we had talked about it a little bit yesterday, but I was there with my guy Elijah, and guess what? He put down a three-player line. So he had Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Anthony Edwards. He took them over on all of their scoring numbers. He put down $80, and he won $400. It's as simple as that. So go to prizepicks.com slash college. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash college, or use promo code college. For up a first deposit match of up to $100, you put in $100, you get $100 back. 2020 equals 40. Whatever you do, they'll match up to $100 at prizepicks.com slash locked on college or use promo code locked on college. 
All right, Govers fans, so we're going to talk about the three keys to victory. We're going to keep this one short, sweet, and then some. So we're going to dive into key number one, and that is keep the turnovers rolling in. Now, keep them rolling in on defense. Do not turn the ball over more. The Gophers have had some struggles in that department, but you got to keep getting turnovers, keep creating turnovers. The Gophers have been on a roll, and they're actually tied for 10th in the entire country when it comes to turnovers created. It's something that has been a nice change for this Gophers team, especially because they have struggled when it comes to containing the pass game. So the turnovers could be the difference in a win or a loss. Now, Hudson Card has been struggling in that department. We talked about he has uh, eight turnovers on the season, eight interceptions. I haven't even looked at his fumbles, but there could be a few of those as well. So he has eight interceptions on the season. It gives your offense extra possessions, which clearly we need when the offense is struggling. And it is a strength of this defense. Like I said, 10th in the nation when it comes to creating turnovers. So if we can get turnovers going, we're likely in the game or possibly leading the game. So hopefully the turnovers will be rolling in for the Gophers. But you move on to point number two, and that is we need better pass pro. We need better pass blocking. Give your quarterback time. Ethan has been clicking lately. Now, the second half of the last game, there were some struggles. And you want to know what the difference from the first half to the second half was? The difference was Johnny Newton creating absolute chaos and so much pressure. And the ball had to come out quick because the offensive line was struggling to contain Johnny Newton. So we need to give Ethan more time because we saw in the first half of the game. We saw in the first half versus Michigan State when we were letting him pass. He can get it going. And when he's getting it going, he gets hot and we start to move the field quickly. And then the run game opens up, which helps with our running back room that has been injured as of late. So if you start to get the pass pro better than you give Ethan time re to read and create. It opens up our entire offense. And then it also helps because our offense takes longer to develop on some plays. We have more slow developing plays or some read option plays where we're reading the defense. The better the offensive line is holding down the fort, the more success we're going to find on offense. So they have to be better in pass pro, especially from what we saw in that second half versus Illinois. Now, on top of that, Purdue's biggest strength is the edge rushers and getting home to the quarterback. So they're going to have to find a way to slow them down. This is probably going to be the number one key for this week is better pass protection. They've given up 10, uh, the Gophers have given up 10 sacks in the last four games, and we cannot have an outing like that once again here at Purdue. And then the final point, stay aggressive on offense. Plain and simple. We talked about it all on Monday's show and the complaints I had with this Minnesota team and why they've dropped. It's okay to score points. It's okay to get aggressive. It's okay to put your foot on the gas and keep going. We don't want to play protective. We don't want to be passive. We don't want to just try to uh, milk the clock and do three and outs and maintain possession, play good defense. Look, I know that's been a staple, but clearly that staple only gets you too close. Not close enough. So we need the offense to stay aggressive. Keep putting it on them. Keep acting like you are down two touchdowns. When the Gophers are down one or two scores, they are very aggressive. They move the ball. They take shots. When they're up by three or more, they completely change their mindset. You cannot do that in this one. So even if you're up by 14 points, act like you're down by 14 points. Keep laying it on the offensive strategy and the offensive play calling that you do in that type of situation. And I guarantee you, you will walk away with a victory against this Purdue team. If you don't do that, it's going to be 50-50. Purdue could get some momentum and they could get going. So be aggressive on the offense. No more conservativeness. No more passive play. Go out there 
and snatch the victory. Those are the three keys for this week. To wrap this one up, we're going to talk about the Gophers women's basketball team because I think this team is going to be a special season. And we're going to talk about why. We're going to talk about what to expect in matchup one and so much more coming up next here at Locked On Golden Gophers. First, I want to talk to you about our friends over at FanDuel because right now new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any $5 money line bet that you win. So that's $150 in bonus bucks if your team wins. Plain and simple. So go out there and find your lock, find your matchup, whether it be NFL, NBA, NCAA, NHL, you name it. If you see one game on there, Think about it like almost like a survivor tournament where you do your you get to pick one matchup each week and then you can't use that team again. If you think about it in that way and you take one team and you don't have any restrictions, it's like starting week one. The Eagles are on by this week, so you can't take the Eagles, but go out there, find the game that should be an absolute blowout that someone should not have any chance of losing. Put a $5 bet down on that, and you're going to get $150 back in bonus bets. You can also bet on spreads, player props, over-unders, and so much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. Again, that's FanDuel.com slash locked on to take advantage of this and so many more opportunities. It's a lot of fun, and it is the official sports book of Locked On. All right, Gophers fans, we are going to wrap this one up with some women's hoops talk. So they kick off the season tonight. It's going to be a good one. I will be in the building. So if you want to follow the updates and you can't watch the game, be sure to follow me over at Gophers Kane Rob on Twitter or X or whatever we're calling it these days. I'm going to keep that bird on the on the screen here. That's my go to. You know, I'm the X is whatever. But regardless, the starters for tonight, if I had to take a shot, I would say Obviously, Amaya Battle and Mara Braun will be in that starting lineup. Mallory Heyer will be as well. And I think Sophie Hart is going to be a big-time player, and she's the biggest player on the team height-wise. She's going to bring a lot of versatility, a lot of depth to this bigs room. So I think those four are locked in at starters. Again, that's Amaya Battle, Mara Braun, Mallory Heyer, and Sophie Hart. I expect those four to be starters, unless there's injury or something like that. Those four will likely be locked in, but that final fifth and final spot I could see a toss-up right now I could see Grace Gertrowski who's a true freshman who can fit this offense who's played in a similar style before and she can ball she's got some three-point shooting to her as well I think she's gonna mesh really well with those starters but I also could see the veteran Maggie Zanano getting in there I think that she could be a compliment as well she could space the floor but I think Maggie Zanano might be a more capable threat scoring off the bench as well and bringing that boost when they have to make substitutions. But I'm pretty confident there's a chance that one of those two will be the fifth and final starter. And then the other could be the sixth woman on the team. Now, if you look at the rotation beyond the starting five, again, obviously whoever doesn't start between Grachowski and Zanano, I'm going to say G or G money. Cause that's what the team has been calling her. That's what her pops calls her over on Twitter. So G money or Zanano will likely be the sixth woman off the bench. And then I think Janae Sanders is going to be heavily involved. She transferred in and she is a guard who has just been getting more and more comfortable within the system. And then eventually Nehemiah Holloway, once she's fully cleared, I think she's been cleared for contact, but I don't know to what capacity. So there's a chance that they could have a slower ramp up for her, or maybe she's full go from night one. We're going to find out tonight, but I think eventually she's going to be a very key player for this rotation. That, so that's like a rotation of eight. And then beyond that, 
We'll see how the Gophers incorporate the younger players. You're talking about Ajok Metal. You're talking about Ayana Johnson. Both are true freshmen this season that could potentially play. They could bring some big depth. They could definitely be helpful for this roster, but maybe it's more game plan dependent. Maybe it's letting them come along on their own at their own speed, like we're probably going to see with Cam Christie and Caden Betts, and you don't have to put them into a ton of major minutes from the jump. It'll definitely be interesting to see how that one plays out. And then one more player to keep in mind is Aminata Z. She is another player who could potentially find her way into rotational minutes, being one of the only players that stuck around from the last regime as well. Now, how the bigs are incorporated is going to be the biggest question for me on this season because Sophie Hart brings different uh, strengths and different production than what we'll probably see from Ajok Mato or Ayana Johnson, who are different types of players and different types of bigs that can play on this team, along with uh, Z, who also is a very different post type player. So I think that there's many differences in the type of posts we have. So it'll be really interesting to see how they use their bigs on the floor. And if that changes, depending on who is on the floor. Now, finally, I'm really excited to see what the tempo of this Gophers team is. Is it more of a slow play? Is it a uh, turn and burn. I could see it being more of that because I know defense is going to be the stress and we're going to hopefully see a defensive identity here in night one. But I think what they're going to want to do is push the pace once they get deflections, once they create turnovers. But if they can't pay push the pace, that's when they'll have quicker offensive sets. They'll have ball movement and they'll have things going quickly to generate scoring or at least scoring opportunities on the floor. I think this is going to be a faster paced team than maybe what we saw last year, which was more uh, slower half court sets, which you know what, to each their own. We'll see which suits this team better, but it'll be interesting because Mallory Heyer is a big as well, but she has been working on coming off of the screens instead of just setting the screens, and that can be a more versatile weapon for the Gophers. She can maybe play a little bit of three this season along with the four. I think she could be a very key player on this team as far as the versatility she brings, so I'm really excited to see how this Gophers team shakes out, but like I said, I think defense is going to be a huge primer for this team and can they suffocate a low major school that they're going to be playing tonight in game one and will the chemistry from their overseas tour carry over to early success on the court now I'm really excited to see how this team plays out and we'll keep you posted along the way but the biggest thing that we're keeping an eye on is what do we learn about coach Plitzawhite as a coach, what are her philosophies? What are her changes? What are her adjustments on the field or on the field, on the court? Because I am very excited with her approach to coaching, the very analytical approach, a very video-based approach and knowing and understanding the whys, but how does it play out in game one? How do we see the Gophers team shaking out? And also, is it is it more instinctive play too? Are they able to click and go fast? Or is it going to be more thinking and kind of slowing down and trying to get a feel for what this tempo style play really is? It's a lot of questions. We're going to get just a little taste, just a little bit of answers tonight. I'm super excited to see it. We'll see what happens with the leaps from the sophomore players of Amaya Battle, Mara Braun, and Mallory Heyer. They're obviously going to be key cogs in this program. And so it'll be really fun to see their improvements. Amaya Battle had worked on her jumper. Mara Braun is becoming more confident and understanding the game more and being taking more pride on that defensive end. And then Mallory Heyer, again, bringing that versatility. Those three are going to be key cogs 
Cogs, and they're going to have a nice, deep roster. I'm looking forward to it all. We'll talk about it a little bit more in depth and what happened in Game 1 on tomorrow's show, along with some more football talk. I'll see you then. Until then, row the boat, Scotty Michael Gophers, and as always, don't forget to subscribe.